On this episode of Locked On Lightning, we discuss the the loss from the other night. 3-1 loss at home against the Red Wings. We also look forward to Thursday night's game against the Nashville Predators. All that and more. But first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning. Your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I want to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. On on this episode, we're talking about the 3-1 loss at home to the division rivals, the Detroit Red Wings, in their first matchup of the season against Detroit. Uh, And we're also talking about tomorrow night's game against the Nashville Predators. So, yeah, starting off right out the bat, I mean, the what what is there really to say? about this Red Wings game that we didn't really warn about or, you know, kind of already alluded to that could very well happen. Um, The Red Wings came out of the gate, uh, and and I've spoken about this on the previous episode. I've spoken about this on past episodes, whether it be earlier this season or whether it was last year. Uh, let's make no mistake about the Detroit Red Wings. You know, they they have the talent, and I spoke about how this has kind of been in the works. What we've seen from Detroit this year it, it is pretty much what has been in the works for this, this Red Wings team over the last three seasons or so. And now you're starting – in a game like this where I, I've spoken um, – spoken on past episodes this year where I've said, you know, in tight ones against maybe the, some of the lesser teams in the NHL, the teams that have young players that have a lot of talent, uh, but not a whole lot of experience at the NHL level. Uh, the lightning win games like this. Normally we normally see the lightning, especially when you have Vasilevsky in that, uh, you know, the lightning, even if they're not winning the battle in terms of, you know, goals scored. What they have on their side is experience. And, you know, talent doesn't, outright talent doesn't always win uh, over experience. And, I mean, greatest example in the game of hockey is the, the NHL playoffs. And this was a game where, though, that we started to see firsthand and and, you know, You've seen it this season with with the standings where the Red Wings are, but firsthand we saw that that experience those those last couple of years from the Red Wings have really done them wonders. Playing, you know, not playing well, finishing pretty much towards the bottom in the Atlantic Division, and we're starting to see that pay off. And obviously, the new coaching changed there as well, but. Uh, the, the experience was there, um, this Red Wings team, and and I could say this, you know, confidently that this, this wasn't any kind of fluke game. This wasn't something that, you know, we're going to see a drop off on in, in future games, future matchups against the lightning, uh, down the road because the lightning do face Detroit, uh, not too I think it's either next week or the week after. Um, 
I think it's next week, actually. But really, the the Lightning, I thought, didn't play for a loss. And, and that's the good thing you can hang your hat on uh, over the last couple of games or so. Uh, Lightning, obviously, coming into this game, eight and two over their last 10. Everything looks like they're starting to make their jump towards the top of the division, uh, starting to gain ground on Toronto. Uh, Detroit not too far behind in the standings, of course. Uh, we spoke about that um, extensively. Uh, and, you know, this win would put them in in a tie with Tampa, which it did. Uh, these two teams are now tied uh, for – exactly tied for, um, for third place in the Atlantic Division, which obviously isn't a big deal. We're, we're still very early on in the NHL season – but as things go, I would have to say, as things go for a loss, I thought this was a pretty good loss from the Lightning. Um, you know, sometimes you're the best team in the building. Uh, even sometimes your best performance isn't enough. And really what the story of the game was for Tampa Bay. And, and listen, I thought the Lightning gave themselves a lot of chances. Uh, to score the other night. I, I thought that they did a lot of good things. I thought they moved the puck very well. Um, they went out there and really did a good job of asserting themselves in the faceoff circle, 56%. Um, very ideal in a situation like this, especially at home, 46 shots on goal. I mean, what more can you ask for? And really what the what happened in this game was that they ran into Vili Huso. Uh, you know, some unfortunately, and I and I like to use this saying all the time. Uh, some nights you're the fish, and some nights you're the hook. And the lightning were the fish the other night, and you know that's just plain and simple. I I think that you know you subtract Vili Huso's performance from the from last night. We're talking about uh, a three two win potentially for the lightning. Um, you know, you saw a little bit of fight back and I think that was that had at the end, you know, Stamco scoring with, with 1452 and then they come back, uh, the, the Adam Ernie scores a goal to, to put the, the Red Wings within a two goal lead again. Uh, and then we see a goal from Braden point, uh, two guys in this game who, by the way, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I call it this. I mean, the way that the Red Wings play. Um, as opposed to the lightning strengths versus the lightning strengths. Uh, Braden Point, uh, this was a game where uh, I thought he played well. I thought he was in a very good position at most times to to put himself uh, to create scoring chances, and he did get a goal in this one, so that was good to see. Um, but really, you know, it was unfortunately, it was it was really in Billy Huso, the Billy Huso show plus the lightning just a little too late. And, you know, the reasoning for that surge at the end from Tampa really came down to the fact that, you know, you could start to see as the game kind of went on here and there was that, uh, you know, even though, like I said, the Red Wings do have that experience, uh, the Lightning are a little bit more talented. So, you know, there there is at certain points where the scale of, talent versus experience goes up and down. And that's what we saw in that third period. But overall, anything, you know, overall, this did not disappoint in terms of entertainment factor. Uh, I thought this was another generally good 
Um, good, very well played game from Tampa. Um, I, I, and like I said, though, I, I think really what it came down to was the fact that the Red Wings, uh, and namely, most notably, their goaltender, uh, were a lot better. Uh, so in this one, but you know, um, some good things though to take away other than that from players that, you know, we've been discussing that have kind of been struggling. Uh, Victor Hedman had three shots in this one. I, you know, anytime, even though they didn't result in goals, um, I, I still think, like I said on the last pod, I think that Hedman getting into that three to four shot range per game, you know, three, I think is really more so the sweet spot. Um, I'm not saying that he has to score a goal every single time or that, you know, taking three shots or maybe more a game for Hedman is going to, to, to result in goals necessarily. No, what I think it's going to do it's, and I was talking to someone, a a fan of the show uh, earlier today. And and I was saying really the, the whole purpose of that for Hedman uh, is to you know get those goals here and there, create those scoring chances down low off the rebound here and there. What that'll do is because you know there has been uh, quite a bit made of you know his lack of production this year. Really, the whole point of that is not only to get a goal here and there, is to really just allow him to to build some confidence from that point scoring, that goal scoring. And then eventually, you know, if he has that confidence on the offside, offensive side of things, um, I think that will really open up his game and allow him um, to really just, you know, you'll start to see a little bit of the old headman or vintage Victor headman that we've, that we've come to know and love. And um, obviously, you know, this is a little alarming to the regular Tampa Bay lightning fan. Um, but I think it's not as big of a deal or it shouldn't be as big of a deal considering how well Mikhail Sergachev has played this year. So um, one productive, uh, one of the positive spots that I noticed from that game, I thought he was skating well for the most part uh, had been so, and, and I would imagine he's still kind of struggling with whatever that injury was that kept them off, off the ice for two games in November. But other than that, like I said, uh, very well played game all around. The Red Wings are a good team, and it really makes you think, and and we'll talk about this to end the show because we do have a listener mailbag question, uh, so I will answer that. So I will save that spot about how I feel about the Detroit Red Wings going forward as well as the Atlantic Division and what that means for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, But in the second segment, we'll be talking about the game against Nashville Thursday night. That is tomorrow. and, and what that implies, the Lightning will be potentially going into another situation where they'll be facing another uh, top goaltender. So we'll be talking about that. But first, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports bettings, sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net they're the fastest and easiest way to get all the all that you need for your sports betting fix so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts 
So once again, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. That is Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever they post them in audio form. We are there. And most importantly, go ahead and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, drop a drop a like, hit that thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, drop a comment below, drop a question below for our mailbags. Like I said, we are answering a fan, a listener fan bag question, uh, mailbag question at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that and go ahead and follow us on our social media pages at LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as lock on underscore lightning on Instagram and give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K. Love hearing from all of you and love the interaction that all of you uh, that I have with all of you. So looking at the game against the Nashville Predators now, um, I am... Very curious as to, not really curious though, more so interested to see what kind of game we are going to get out of the Tampa Bay Lightning as, you know, a little bit of a gut punch game, I think. I think really what it comes down to for Tampa Bay is that, you know, you really can't get too down or too low on the losses, Um, more so because, you know, listen, like I said, it wasn't necessarily anything negative that happened in that game against Tampa. It was more so, and it wasn't like they didn't do anything wrong. It was more so the fact that they were just ran into a wall at that point in time. And, you know, you went up against a top goaltender who saved, remember who made 44 saves. I mean, Think about like how ridiculous that is. I mean, not many goaltenders could go out there against a team like Tampa who's having a run like Tampa is in their last 10. Uh, remember, the Tampa Bay Lightning have scored 41 goals in their last 10 games. That's like, that's ridiculous. I mean, in the last 10 games, Tampa Bay Lightning, and this is my non-biased opinion, Tampa Bay Lightning, looking at the numbers, are the best team in the NHL in their last 10. Now, some of you might disagree with that, but that's the fact of the matter. Now, just because just because the the lightning got off to somewhat of a slow start to begin the season, that's why you know the, there's such a large gap between them and Toronto, even though the lightning have been playing better. But you go into a game on Thursday night, and and those are always my favorite kind of games, other than the Atlantic Division ones. Probably my second kind of favorite games is is the fact that. Uh, you're going up again. You're going in a bounce back game after having, let's face it, it was somewhat of a frustrating night against Billy Huso and the Detroit Red Wings. And you're going into a matchup against another goaltender, which I assume he's going to be in that is Yuri Saros, uh, nine six and two record this year, two two point nine two goals against average with a nine oh nine save percentage. Uh, Lightning did. Win that win, uh, their last matchup against Nashville 3 2. That was on November 19th, if you remember. And the numbers, just like kind of in what we saw with, I believe it was Detroit, um, 
somewhat similar here with these teams in terms of where they are uh, ranked in the NHL. So just running down the numbers, I mean, this is where the Lightning Lightning have a slight advantage in some in most of these categories, except the faceoff percentage, which we have we have spoken about in detail about how they have had their struggles here and there throughout the course of the season. Uh, Tampa's twenty eight point four percent on the power play. That is fourth in the in the league, which is like I said. I, and and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy here. You know, I, I feel like that number is kind of inflated. I mean, be just because the Lightning, when when they score in the power play, they score in bunches. And what I mean is they'll go one for three on the power play, three, four games in a row, five or whatever, five have you, hypothetically speaking. And then they'll go absolutely cold. They'll go 0 for 4, 0 for 3, 0 for 5. You know, they'll go through stretches where they are abysmal down there uh, on on the man advantage where, you know, they could go they could go easily from 4 right now as we're talking about, about this all the way down to 15, 16 in the middle of the pack of the NHL, which is average. So really you know i listen i i'm i'm happy where the tampa bay power play is at this point in time i mean if you want to rewind a couple of weeks back uh that was pretty rough i well mo- mainly the beginning of november late late october so the lightning have come a, a long way which is great and now you have a, a full 100% uh roster with you you're kind of moving things around which uh we'll talk about later but yeah the lightning power play is great they have to capitalize they have to they have to, and, and I feel like really what that that comes down to, and, and we've spoken about it, and which is why it kind of was unfortunate that Tampa wasn't able to pull off the win against Detroit the other night, was because they have been doing such a good job on the puck possession, where really that's their strength. You wear down the other team, you you get them discouraged, you 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 make them force the issue to the point to where you force them into issue, uh, into turnovers, into uh allowing yourself to have breakaway chances down the other side of the ice. Um, that allows also Vasilevsky or, you know, depending on who's playing on any given night, uh, Brian Elliott into situation. You, you allow those guys to kind of get into the groove slowly uh, as the game progresses. Um, and, and Tampa's done a good job of that. Like I said, I think they have really turned it around. And I think against a team like Nashville, who started off the year rough, uh, has really kind of started to turn it around. Uh, They are fifth in the Central Division, which, you know, depending on how you feel about the Colorado Avalanche right now at this point in time, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Colorado Avalanche are pretty much in disarray right now in terms of their roster. Uh, They're missing Gabriel Landeskog. Nathan McKinnon, it was announced the other day, uh, he'll be out for, I believe, a couple of weeks or so. Uh, it looks like actually Landeskog and and McKinnon will be coming around back around the same time. So good for them. Um, but you know, losing those two guys at the same time is definitely a huge deal. That's like if Tampa lost Cooch and Stammer at the same time. That's that's I, I that's that's how bad it is in Colorado. And then you have kind of like this weird uh, hierarchy in that division right now with Winnipeg and Dallas. Dallas obviously. I, I I thought that's not a surprise for me, at least. You know, they had a good end of the year 
uh, even though they they can't fell short in the playoffs, I really thought they they really had a lot that they could build on. It wasn't that playoff kind of performance where you can't replicate that during the regular season. Um, I thought they played well, and right now they sit in second. I think obviously the biggest surprise though is Winnipeg. I don't think a lot of people really thought they were going to be this good this year, uh, this soon in the season. Um, and St. Louis also is kind of just not been good this year. And like I kind of alluded to on the last episode, a large part of that is their goaltending situation. Jordan Bennington is just an absolute mess. I mean, I've never been a big George Bennington fan, but that's maybe me being a little biased towards them. But Nashville is is sitting kind of in the middle of a little bit of a a very vanilla um, division to where they could still if they could kind of get on a roll and they are seven, two and one in their last 10. So they're kind of in the same boat as Tampa is right now uh, in terms of recent performance, Tampa. Now they're adjusted is seven and three in the last 10. So pretty much the same kind of performance that we have seen from, um, from Tampa. We're kind of seeing towards uh, the Nashville predators now, obviously, the key for this game is, you know, if if you're – I mean, it doesn't matter. If Soros is in net, uh, you go out there and you treat him like every other goaltender. Uh, and, and Tampa should play this game like every other game. They should go out there, play their game, not worry about what Nashville's going to do. Worry about what you're going to do. Play your game, and that is puck control. Uh, capitalize on the man advantage. Uh, kill the PK because uh, – because you know Nashville is has not uh, not been good on the power play. They're one of the worst teams in the league this year with a seventeen percent. Uh, if you want to round up, eighteen. They are twenty seventh in the league. Uh, their PK is fourteenth, so a little bit better than Tampa at seventy nine percent. Their face off percentage. That's where I would like to see Tampa really uh, win the game on that. Uh, their face off percentage. I. D- which is weird because, you know, usually with teams that are kind of, you really don't see middle of the pack teams this good at the faceoff. Um, 53.2%, which puts them in sixth in the league. Uh, so that just tells me that they really don't have the personnel right now, right now to go out there and score and win games for them. And that proves in their goal. Uh, the goals forced, they average about 2.65, which is 28th in the league, uh, where the Tampa, where the Lightning are in the threes. So, yeah, that that proves to me that it, it's not going to be a matter of if, and and I'm going to imagine, I'm going to take a, a huge leap of faith that I am going to assume that Cooper is going to play Brian Elliott t- tomorrow night. And Brian Elliott, if he's shown anything, it's he's shown that he is, very capable, even from, you know, I, I think if you in a limited amount of sample space uh, that we've seen Brian Elliott over the last couple of years. I think he's just as good as every other goaltender as some of the average goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Now. Can would he be able to do that throughout the course of maybe 45 starts? That's a whole different story, but we're not going to get into that. But yeah, uh, I would imagine Brian Elliott's going to get the start at home, and then we see Vasilevsky on Saturday afternoon against the Panthers. So, um, I think Elliott's 
more than capable of taking care of business against this team. Um, you know, them not being a high scoring team and their power play not being as good as you what I just previously stated gives me the impression that they don't have really many bullets in the gun to fire off. So really it's on the Tampa defense as well as the offense, more so the offense. Um, you really got to go out there and score goals for your goaltender. You really got to go out there and win the game for him. Um, got to be aggressive. I mean, it's nothing we haven't spoken about before. There are players on this team that can hurt you if you don't do what you're supposed to do out there. Uh, most notably, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, uh, Colton Sissons, Tanner Genoa. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, uh, those are just a couple of names. Uh, Mikhail Granlin. I mean, these are guys that are very good players. Like I said, guys that can hurt you. Roman Yossi, uh, Matthias Ekholm. Like I said, a, a, a very, very, very good hockey players. 100% very good hockey players. But guys, obviously, that aren't going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net consistently on a nightly basis to be able to, to win. Uh, and, and I fully expect the lightning to go out there and, and be, uh, be able to outclass Nashville. I would imagine the kind of game we're going to see tomorrow night is very tight in the first period, similar to what we saw in the red in the game the other night against Detroit. And then you kind of start to see Tampa and Nashville really kind of start to separate. Uh, you start to kind of see, you know, who is going to take the upper hand and, and really midway through the second, late second period, that's when Tampa is going to have to pull away. That's when their their stallions, especially those first two lines, are going to have to come up big for them. Um, and large part of that has to do, I think, you know, because at that point in time, you kind of each team already knows or already has a sense of what kind of game this is going to be. Uh, that's when you, you have your defensemen are going to need to come in. And, and, and really help your offense diversify the attack by, you know, really showing up and possibly moving up at certain points in offensive sequences. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, so tune in for that. So I am predicting uh, a 4-2 win against the Nashville Predators. I, I think uh, Nashville scores the first goal of the game, um, and then that pretty much wakes up Tampa and they get things going in the late first early second and then like i said late second we start to see these two teams uh will be tied i think in the score uh score box and we start to see tampa uh pull away as they net a late one in the second period and then maybe another one out of the gates in the third so keep an eye on that uh so let me know below whether it be in the comments or on our social media pages what your predictions are for this game and uh hopefully we we see uh, Tampa really get things started. So, you know, and, and really be able to separate themselves and, and really continue, you know, this high quality performances, which we've seen from them over the last uh, 12 or game, 12 games or so. So wrapping things up on the show, like I said, I would in the beginning of the show, we do have a fan uh, question, a listener mailbag from, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name right from Nate Vale over Twitter. Uh, I dropped a tweet said, Hey, uh, where, you know, the episode's dropping tonight, make sure to get those mailbag questions in. He responds, possible line changes after last night's game. Coop definitely shook it up last night and it looked effective. I know having 71 helps, uh, 
71 back helps immensely. Any trade targets to keep your eye on. Uh, thanks, Nate, by the way, for uh, submitting the question. Um, possible line changes after last night's game. Um, I, I really think that depends solely on Ross Colton. I, I, I think I've made no secret of what Ross needs to do. Um, he's just really struggled this year. You know, he's kind of just been, you know, we, and, and maybe this is just, maybe the expectations are a little bit too high for us considering, you know, how great of a second year he had last year. That could be very well it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to live with these lines. And as we know that if you're looking at the lines on daily faceoff, go ahead and, and go off of that. But if you're looking at that as a source, I mean, that is not concrete. We all know as long as John Cooper is the head coach of Tampa Bay lightning, these lines are never set in stone. Things will always change. Um, even when it seems like he's, it's working, he always wants to give the other team a different look. Um, I would imagine if he doesn't think, or if he doesn't, if he see, if he sees that Colton's starting to get more frustrated, because as we know, 79 does play with his heart on his sleeve. I could see us, especially with, with Nemesikov. I, I like that he, how he's been playing lately, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we see those two shuffled um, on the wing position. I think I don't think he's going to touch. I don't think Cooper's going to touch the first and second lines at all. Um, pretty much those those you know as much as I like to kill Alex Kalorn or just you know rag on him here and there. I thought lines one and two uh, thus far this year have really been the the bright spots for this team um, in certain very bleak moments. Uh, but yeah, three and four. Um, I, I I think we're going to see some shuffling here and there. I'm, I don't think it's going to be as significant as one may think. Um, other than Nemestikov and Colton being shuffled around, I think maybe, if anything, especially if the Lightning are down by a goal and they need a goal late, um, if he's rolling out that third line and Colton's skating good that night and it looks like everything is starting to, you know, things are starting to kind of come to him a little easier that night. Uh, we could definitely see Maroon be dropped down back to the fourth line and then Colton on the other wing uh, on the other side of Nemestikov and with Sorelli in the middle. Uh, I, I think that Sorelli really uh, opens things up. Like I said, Sorelli just provides a whole different look for this team. And and, and I fully, I, I fully uh, believe in that. And even when he's not on the ice, I, I think it really kind of gives the opposing team something to think about now that you have, now the Lightning have, um, for the most part, um, a pretty solid um, line down the middle. Uh, I think point obviously is good and you could always, um, you know, switch him and Stamkos out of that position. Obviously, you're going to get that hero line. Um, on the power play um, with him, Cooch, Point, and uh, Stamkos. But I ideally, I wouldn't mind if you flip-flop Paul and Sorelli. I know Paul is playing phenomenal right now. He almost had another goal the other night. But at the same time, I mean, Sorelli, I think, 
in the long run. I think, you know, I don't think the third line is going to be something that's going to be permanent for Anthony Sorelli uh, down the stretch. I think eventually we'll see those two flip-flop. But then again, if, if Paul's playing well, I don't see how you could really, unless you move him over to the wing and you put Kalorn down and you put Nemestikov in the middle, which, you know, really just, I, I just don't see how that's a, that's a good line right there. That's kind of a weak line right there. So, you know, you got to find that balance when you're looking at these lines uh, and when you're, you got to take it into a, into account, even though someone's performing well and you want to give them more looks at, at the, the, the line above them, you know, you, you really got to think about, you know, what are you leaving yourself open to by doing that? And then as for trade targets, I don't think the lightning are, I, 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 I just that's not something that I think is on Tampa's radar right now. And it's certainly not on mine. I mean, ideally, if money wasn't an issue and, and the Lightning had the, the system and were able to sacrifice guys, why not make a play for Patrick Kane? But that's that's not gonna happen. Um I could see them down the road, uh, maybe with an injury or or maybe you know, someone unexpected comes available. They will maybe throw their hat into that ring. Uh, they will make probably some minor moves at the deadline, uh, barring a catastrophic injury to to a significant player on this team. Uh, as for trades, though, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be anything like we've, what we've seen in the past couple of years. You know, picking Coleman up at the line a couple of years back, getting Paul last year. Uh, getting good row the same year as Coleman. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to see any trades like that this year uh, just because of what the, the cap situation is. That would involve moving Klorn and uh, and really he's the odd man out in this situation. I don't see you really trading anybody else right now because um, I, I like where everybody is at. Um, obviously, you're not going to – you can't trade Nemestikov because you just signed him. Um, I mean, that really leaves – Perry and Belmar uh, and Maroon, which I don't think you're going to trade Perry or Belmar and Maroon. Um, so, you know, maybe a defenseman later on in the season, if, if Cole, if it, if it, I, and I think Ian Cole's doing a, 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 a fine job out there uh, on the second line with Chernak. So uh, as for trades, yeah. Um, unless it's an injury, I, I guess the highest or the expectation that we should have is, you know, just adding depth to Syracuse, um, to, to, to the AHL team, you know, so you're probably going to see minor trades, trades, uh, for guys that you probably haven't even heard of before. So that's probably what the expectation would be there, but thanks for writing in and, and, in all of you who haven't before, but want to, please go ahead. Uh, perfect way of, of, of sending in questions, comment on the videos on YouTube, um tweet to us lo underscore lightning on twitter uh tweet to me danky dank d-e-n-k-y-d-a-n-k or respond to the instagram posts uh lo underscore lightning on twitter so we'll be back tomorrow night to talk about the nashville predators game recap that and then on friday we'll be looking towards the florida panthers so but in the meantime that's been it for this episode of locked on lightning part of locked on podcast network i'm your host adam danker I'll talk to you in the next one.